Welcome back to Microfamous. We're talking about five signs that you're trying to run your business like an extrovert. And this is going to be a fun one because if you're on the introverted side or you're just not a fan of spending all of your time on social media, this is going to resonate with you and I think hopefully give you some solutions and some warning signs that you're getting off track of running your business in a way that actually works for your introvert personality. Because as we know, introverts just, we flat out need more time to recharge. It's just a fact. Uh, We can try to be someone else. We can try to convince ourselves that we are ambiverts or something like that. We can try to work up the energy with, uh, you know, Tony Robbins state change techniques and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I don't believe any of that is sustainable. The bottom line is introverts need alone time to recharge. And it's even more critical that introverted coaches and consultants learn to manage our energy. So what happens when we as introverts try to run our business like an extrovert? Well, we're going to go into the signs as well as uh, an action that you can take right now to kind of break that cycle and build a coaching consulting business that fits your personality. So let's jump into sign number one, which is you're spending large chunks of time on social media in the hopes of getting clients. It's the easiest pitfall because it's the one that's rammed down our throats all the time and social media companies are happy to promote anyone who pushes this approach. Uh, Extroverts enjoy being social. They get energized by it. it. That's what makes them an extrovert. So it shouldn't come as a surprise that being social online is easier and more sustainable for them. The problem is that being social online works for them, so we assume it must be the right way, maybe even the only way to get clients. So as introverts, we try to follow them, and we try to reproduce the results that extroverts get, and we often crash and burn. The bottom line is we can't, because we don't get a, a ton of energy back from being social online, we simply can't shout loud enough or often enough to get attention and get clients on social media, at least with any regularity. You know, but we see it working for Gary Vee, so we figure, well, the problem must be us. We're the ones that need to change. I just don't agree. I don't think introverts need to change. We just need a different approach to marketing. You know, you can say all day long the cold calling works, and for the right person, you're right. And as a technique, there's not necessarily anything wrong with cold calling. But if you tell the wrong person that, that doesn't enjoy that, doesn't get anything back out of it at all, all they get is pain, and you tell them that's the only way that you can grow their business, and you're going to demoralize them to the point where they might just get out of the business entirely. You know, like I come out of real estate and a lot of my friends and clients are real estate coaches. And we see this all the time in that space because that that approach is so prevalent and has been for such a long time in real estate. That's mostly the advice that new agents get. So uh, remember, like somebody telling you as a coach or a consultant that the only way, like, hey, if you're not on Instagram all the time doing stories 10 or 15 times a day, interacting, engaging, replying to every comment, yada, yada, yada that you're doing something wrong. It's the exact equivalent of someone telling a real estate agent, if you're not picking up the phone and cold calling three hours a day, you're doing something wrong. It's just one person's opinion. It might be the prevailing opinion, but it's just one person's opinion. So here's the action step for this for this first one. I would say track how much time you spend on social media actually doing work that might lead to clients. So not consuming, not lurking, but actually how much time do you spend creating content, posting, engaging, responding to comments in an effort to get clients. And look back over the last 12 months and look at the clients that you've signed up and ask yourself, have the efforts on social media actually produced those clients that I've taken on in the last 12 months? Or more likely, was I doing all this stuff on social media, but clients were coming through other means like referrals and speaking engagements and people hearing me on podcasts and building relationships behind the scenes and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the things that go into the micro famous system. My bet is for most coaches and consultants, that's actually where your clients have come from in the last 12 months. So that's the action step is to track, track how much time you're spending on social media and compare it to where your clients actually came from in the last 12 months 
And I bet for most coaches and consultants, you'd be surprised to find that what you're spending and obsessing for you know a certain amount of time every day on is not actually what's bringing you clients. So let's get into sign number two. Sign number two that you're trying to run your business as an extrovert. You're exhausted from trying to juggle marketing, sales, client service, and all the other aspects of your business, most of which require human interaction, being social. Uh, in my old agency, we had a, a sales VP, and he was super extroverted guy. I love him to death. He's an awesome guy. And at one point, the agency was just in growth mode, and he was doing 60-minute sales calls back-to-back, -back, four in the morning, four in the afternoon. So he was literally on the phone uh, eight hours a day on sales calls. And it got old after a while, but it took months for it to like really, really get old. And, and for the most part, he still did it, even when it did get old. Um, now, I don't know if I could do that for a week before I wanted to jump off the nearest bridge. Why? Because I'm an introvert and it's just, it's too much being social. It would drain me so much, I'd start to sabotage my own sales calls. So I think as introverts, we have to acknowledge that we, we have a, a cap or a limit on the amount of human interaction we can handle every day. Let's call that social time. And that social time has to cover a whole bunch of different functions in our business, especially if we are uh, like a coach or a consultant with, a, with an assistant, or maybe we have a small team. But at the end of the day, we're still doing a lot of the sales marketing, and we are the ones delivering some sort of the client service. You know, if you're a coach, you're doing the coaching. If you're a consultant, you're researching, you're applying your methodology, you're coming up with recommendations, delivering a presentation. Uh, that's all client service. But a lot of that stuff requires social time. And so if we burn through all of our social time in the delivery of our service, the coaching or, or the consulting, then yeah, we're going to deliver great service and get great results for the clients, but we won't have any energy left to market or sell. So here's the action step for this one. I would set, look at setting a daily limit of social time that you're comfortable with and see if you can fit all of your appointments, marketing, and sales time within that daily limit of social time. And if not, ask yourself, what changes can I make right now? to automate, eliminate, or delegate some of those tasks, some of those things that are sucking up my social time. So I'll give you an example for me. For the most part, I don't book anything in the afternoon. Now, I've got a great podcast interview coming up this afternoon, and it's with a podcast that gets millions upon millions of downloads. So yeah, it's worth it for me to do an appointment at 12.15 uh, rather than saying, no, uh, I don't do appointments in the afternoon. But for the most part, I don't do appointments in the afternoon. Why? Because my social time is usually sucked up in the mornings with back-to-back -back team meetings, calls with clients, calls with potential clients, being interviewed on podcasts, recording my own podcasts, et cetera. And so by the time noon rolls around, I'm kind of socialed out. Like I don't want to see anybody or talk to anybody for the next few hours. And for the most part, I don't. And that has changed the, the quality of my life while still continuing to maintain and grow the business. So I would challenge you, if you think you have to have calls spread out throughout the day, because that's what people expect of you, um, I would say that the experience of people like me and my, my mentor at my old agency and people like Dan Kennedy and people who have been influenced by Dan Kennedy all prove that that's not automatically true. You can really kind of rearrange your schedule and get people trained to the point where they, they fit into your schedule into the time when you have the energy to tackle that, uh, that human interaction and group all that together if you can. So you can get all that social time done in one chunk of the day and then move on. And you know that you don't have to be prepared for any more social time for another few hours or maybe even the rest of the day if you're like me. That makes a huge difference in the quality of life as an introvert. So that's, that's action step number two. Now let's get into sign number three that you're trying to run your business as an extrovert. You don't have enough time left to build systems. So every part of your business depends on you pushing every day. Now, extroverts can cover up for this lack of systems for a long time, sometimes decades, because they feed off uh, the energy of social interaction. 
as long as they're running from meeting to meeting and call to call, they can convince themselves everything in the business is fine. But as an introvert, social interaction drains our energy. So we can't run off that fuel for a super long time. We definitely can't do it for decades. And that's where systems need to come in, right? Systems in your business can make up for that energy limitation, the, the limits on how much you can spend uh, part of your day socializing with people. Marketing systems can bring in prospects with less social interaction. You know, sales systems can help you turn prospects into clients with less follow-up from you. Operations system can, can cut down on your service problems, mistakes, and other things that drain the energy. Um, but if you spend all of your time running from meeting to meeting like an extrovert, you'll never have the time to build those systems that can actually set you free from all that. So here's the action step. Look at your schedule for the next week and ask yourself, could I free up one hour a day to work on systems in my business? And if I don't think so, just ask yourself, okay, what's the worst thing that could actually happen if I took that hour off each day? Because I, I'm willing to bet in 99% of cases, you can absolutely grab an hour back out of your day and work on systems without it doing anything negative in your business. So that's the action step. Look at your schedule and ask, could I free up one hour a day to work on systems in my business? Now, if you're the type of person that's listening to that and going, yeah, 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 I already do all that. Like that, that's how I am. Like I started working on systems from day one because I learned it coming out of my old agency. So if that doesn't apply to you, you already have great systems in your business on the operations side, then maybe now is time to challenge some of your limiting beliefs on how much you can systematize the sales and marketing. Because what I've been working on for the last, I would say year and a half since even before the pandemic hit, but definitely once the pandemic hit, was I wanted to disconnect the sales and marketing of the business from being 100% dependent on me to maybe being 20% dependent on me and 80% dependent on things that other people were doing. And I started to have to, you know, even I have limiting beliefs on how much sales and marketing depends on me, right? Because we all have an ego. We'd love to believe that, well, clients really won't come in if I'm not involved in every aspect. Well, think again. <laughs> you can hire somebody to do sales calls. You can hire somebody to do business development. You can hire somebody that sounds great on the phone and put them on the phone with potential prospects. You could even hire someone to run a podcast for you and host it if you want. I've met several of them that would be great. So there's a lot that you can do on the system side that even if you've got the operations down, now let's look at your sales and marketing and see, okay, what can you start to systematize there? Okay, so that's number, that's number three. Now let's look at sign number four that you're trying to run your business as an extrovert, which is you feel the pressure to meet any challenge you come across with more more offers, more options, more activity, more whatever. And I love Grant Cardone's book, 10X. I thought it was brilliant. It's a, it's, a, it's a way of doing everything you can to guarantee that you get the result you want. And that is amazing. And I think that's exactly how you should tackle the majority of problems in your business. Throw everything at the wall against it and guarantee that you solve the problem. But when we apply that kind of 10X mentality to other areas like marketing, we end up with these kind of unpleasant side effects. So a lot of times we end up with, you know, three different brands and seven different coaching programs. And we've written five books or mini books. And we've got six different lead magnets. We've got four different webinars. Like we have all this stuff, like because we came to the challenge with the mentality that, well, I'm just going to throw more at the problem. And when it comes to marketing, to me, that's an extrovert's approach to marketing. The more options, the more offers, the more activity in their mind, the better. But to me, that isn't always better, especially for those of us who are introverts. Because we have limited social energy, I think it's best to put everything we have into one brand, one group of people that we serve, one great offer created specifically for them, keep it simple, and put all of our energy into that one thing. You know, a few years ago, I looked up and realized, holy cow, I'm in like, I have, I have this agency that's growing, plus I'm in four different ventures in the coaching, consulting, and kind of B2B education space. So what I did is I got out of all of them 
and focused on the agency. That was where I could make the most impact. And my schedule went from being chaotic and stressful to where it is now, where I basically work mornings. I run the agency on Tuesday morning uh, meetings, and that's about it. I have a ton of white space on my calendar. And it all came from focus, focusing on one brand, one offer to one group of people. So it gave me the time to build the systems like we talked about in the last point. And those systems set me free from most of the daily work that was driving me insane, right? In fact, it's the reason I have time to write this episode, which I wrote at a coffee shop at four o'clock on a Tuesday, because I'm not running from meeting to meeting, call to call or putting out fires in the business. So here's the action step for this one. Write down how many offers can people buy from you? Programs, services, packages, books, yada, yada. How many actually generate a profit? And what would happen if you cut out all but the most profitable one. How many of the things that you offer generate a profit for you? And what would happen if you cut out everything but the most profitable one? So ask yourself that, write down the offers, and remember, just taking that 10x approach when it comes to marketing doesn't get you the result that you want, right? Because you have to remember, it's not just about the mentality. I love the 10x mentality of absolutely doing everything you can, throwing everything against the wall, attacking it with more than you than the resources you think you need so that you guarantee that you solve the problem. Awesome. Love it. But when that manifests itself by having a bunch of different offers and a bunch of different things that you're promoting, what you're actually doing is confusing the market, giving people too many options, too much choice, and then they don't choose you. They go and they choose somebody where they understand the offer very clearly because they only have one thing that they sell. So it does it just does it doesn't carry over. It has like this unpleasant side effect when we bring that 10x mentality into an area like marketing. So ask yourself that question. What if I cut out everything but the most profitable offer I have? What would that really affect in my business? That's number four. Now let's finish out with sign number five that you're trying to run your business like an extrovert. You have limited time to onboard and train people. So when you hire someone, it's all about finding someone who can hit the ground running, quote unquote, hit the ground running. I hate that. Um, you know, the idea is, well, it's not my responsibility to hold their hand. We need a rock star who can hit the ground running with little supervision, and we're going to let them sink or swim. I used to hear this all the time in the real estate space, mostly from extroverts who were busy running from meeting to meeting and didn't want to slow down. And the reality is that there are a few people out there who can hit the ground running. They're called A players, you know, and, and probably A plus players. Uh, what the problem is, is that those people are incredibly rare and valuable. Here's the thing. That sounds amazing. Like, oh man, I want this rock star team. I want a team of rock stars and ninjas and everyone is at the top of their game. Fantastic. How are you going to keep them? Because if they're at the top of their game, odds are they have more potential than the role they are currently occupying for you. And how much time will it be until they figure that out? I don't want my business to be based on having rare and valuable people in every position just for my business to run smoothly. So my, my focus, and I learned this from some really great mentors, uh, including a client of mine, Jeff Cohn, who runs the, the team building podcast. I learned from them to put the focus on building rock star systems and then plugging in smart, capable people into those systems. I make sure that we have great onboarding and training systems in place too, and that all makes it easier to attract and retain good people. So when I do get an A-plus player, a rock star, I don't focus on like setting the vision that's big enough to keep them. I don't assume they're going to be there for five years and try to milk them for other thing worth. What I do with that rock star A player is I get them to help us improve our systems so that even when they leave, my business is better off. And that's a huge, like, it's such a, I, I, it's very controversial. It's not the way most people would do it. But I'm telling you, if you want to run a business that doesn't suck up all of your social time in client management, 
and operations and managing your team and like all of that stuff and leave you nothing left over to market and sell with. That's the, to me, that's the approach to take. Focus on rockstar systems, plug in good, smart, capable people into those systems. And when you run across an A player, by all means, snatch them up, but use them while they're with you to improve your systems. Pull up, pull on their intellectual capital to help you get better systems so that even when they leave, they've left your business better than before. And when somebody comes in to replace them, they hit the ground running because the system is now a rock star, not the person who has to replace them. And that takes a lot of the pressure off of hiring and onboarding as well, right? Because you don't need every player in your business to be an A plus rock star player. So here's the action step for the final one. Make a list of all the tasks that you do in the business that are heavy on social interaction and ask yourself, which of these could someone else take on? Here's the caveat. If they were properly trained and empowered, right? Which of these tasks could someone else take on if they were probably properly trained and empowered and set the goal to start creating systems for those tasks so you can hire someone to replace you? Uh, I mentioned the business development example earlier, and even the example of hiring someone to run a podcast for you in your space, which you can absolutely do, right? It, there's a lot that someone else could do for you in the business if they are properly trained and, and given the power and the authority to do so. So make a list of those tasks. It doesn't have to be you know, down into the nitty gritty. Just list the things that are the biggest stuff that sucks up your social interaction and your people time and ask yourself, could I hire somebody else to do this? And odds are, I bet 80% of those things on that list, you could absolutely hire someone else to do. So set the goal to start creating systems for those tasks so that you're ready to start looking for someone to hire you to replace, and replace you in that role and take over those tasks. So that is the action step for number five. Now, Let's finish up with this. There's a lot of pressure to run your business like an extrovert uh, running on an IV drip of Red Bull, right? But you don't have to give in to that pressure. With the right systems around you, from marketing to sales to operations, whatever, in every area, you can create systems and a business around you that's based on your personality. So if you take anything away from this episode, it's to go your own way, right? Build your business around who you really are and not who the business world pressures you to be. So that's what I've got for you today. Uh, if you do want to launch a podcast, obviously we work with coaches, consultants, thought leaders. So if you have something to say and not just something to sell, right? If you have a message that you want to spread, if you're a mission driven and you primarily sell in the professional services area to, um, to entrepreneurs, right? That's, that's really the sweet spot of where we can massively help and run a podcast that will make you micro famous in your space. Just reach out to us. You can go to our website, click around this, uh, this episode or go to pursuingresults.com. You can learn more about the agency service that we sell. It's one package. We run a weekly podcast. It's for one type of person who wants someone to do basically everything for them other than just showing up on Zoom and hitting record and talk. So if that's what you want, uh, that's what we do. Go to pursuingresults.com. Appreciate everyone that shares the show, reviews the show, leaves a rating on Apple Podcasts. I, I thank you so much for everyone that does that. I'll read every single one. Uh, if there's anything I can do for you, if there's anything you want me to cover on the podcast, shoot me an email, matt at pursuingresults.com. Happy to cover anything. And I always reply to every email I get from listeners and those that are in the email list. So as always, thank you. We'll talk to you in the next episode of Microfamous.